Welcome, fellow entrepreneurs and goal getters to Entrepreneurial Elevation, Unleashing Greatness Within with myself, your host, Kelly Beveridge. All right, good morning, everybody. Hope you're having a good day wherever you are chiming in in the world. And I'm excited to have one of my good friends on the call today. I've always admired him for his work ethic and his strong values that he always holds. And it's just been really exciting. I, what I love most is when you see your friends transform into the person they are today. And he's a father now and a husband, a very successful businessman. And so I'm excited to have him on here to share his wisdom of how he's gotten to where he is. My buddy Trung, he grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. They owned a chain of convenience stores. He bought his first real estate property back in 2006 and then acquired a really impressive portfolio of around 3.5 million in rental properties by 2010. And Trung, you were pretty young then. Way to go here in Calgary. You still are young. You were younger back then, though. And then you've gone through a journey that's landed you with Remax and real estate, where you want, I love this, you earned the Hall of Fame award, which is given to producers who have achieved over a million in commissions. And now you're with EXP Realty since 2021. You're a three-time Icon recipient, and you were awarded the Triple Diamond Chairman's Excellent Award for earning over a million in commissions and over 200 units in 2022. Wow, impressive. And Trung, I know you're a humble guy, so you might get a little squirmish with me reading all those accolades about yourself. Yet, I think it's really important to share because what I want to talk about today is achieving success, yet that it just doesn't happen overnight. Like, you got to put in your due time and you got to put in the work to get to where you are. And that's what I'm excited to chat with you about. Trung, if you can come on and if you can share, first of all, I just want to know, like, how did you get into real estate and choose that as a career? Thank you for having me on, Kelly. I chose the career in real estate when I was in university and I read a quote from Andrew Carnegie that said 90% of all millionaires become so through the ownership of real estate. That quote really struck a chord with me and I remembered it especially at a time in my life in your early 20s in university, when that pressure is on to ask yourself, what should I do with my life? So when I was considering which degree I should take, bachelor's of commerce with entrepreneurship made a lot of sense with my childhood upbringing. And then someone said that they invested in real estate and they did it on the side. It piqued my interest for me to ask him more questions and ask him to mentor me. So with that kind of lead in, I... And that quote, I decided to take this guy up for coffee and he just taught me the fundamentals of investing in rental properties with integrity. And I just never pivoted outside of real estate since then. So that was in 2006. And right now, I guess that's 18 years, which is pretty wild to be in one industry for so long, especially when a lot of people are always looking for where the next big opportunity is or they're looking where the grass is greener. So yeah, for that sure. quote... That quote alone really changed the direction of my life. And then from there, getting to know that guy, it opened up other doors to meet other people in real estate that kind of taught me another component that I didn't know. You know what I like about your story is, and I think sometimes people won't realize how important this is to find somebody who has what you want and be open to mentorship and coaching. You sought out somebody and you were open to the guidance. And I think that's really important. Okay, so now you're where you're at. So you sought out this mentorship, which is great. You took your first step. You bought your first property. So my experience of you is you're a really great example of somebody who has done that 10,000 hour rule to mastery where you've developed your skill 
and you have practiced your craft over and over again through different ways. Trump, can you talk about what are some of the things you did to get good at selling houses and being in real estate and talk about the level of discipline that takes? When I got my realtor's license in 2015, I already had nine years of experience in real estate investing. That was, I would say, an upward trajectory, but it was also turbulent along the way. And with those life experiences of having some wins, but also having um, losses really helped me understand what would be best for the client. And then I planted that tree of real estate experience in my early 20s. So by the time I got my real estate license, I had an abundance of real estate where I'm still learning now, but with to help people with a real estate transaction, buying their first or second home or investment property, I already had that experience to help other people. And then I found that was a big factor in communicating to people that I was trustworthy, reliable, and I knew what I was doing. And then just making sure that I genuinely looked out for their best interest, that I was going to buy a property that I believed in, that I felt that was something that I could have bought myself. And after carefully listening to what their goals were and made sure it lined up with their objectives. Yeah, that's awesome. They say buying a home is one of people's biggest, buying and selling a home is one of people's biggest decisions in their life. Yep. And me, I take it really seriously to know that it is a really big purchase to, to know what they're relying on me to do and provide good counsel and expertise. And then I make sure I apply my knowledge. So I really wanted to make sure that that they were really in good hands and that I genuinely cared about their interests. That's awesome. It's like that saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So making them feel totally. like they're, or I think you're awesome at that. And it's a big reason why you do so well. Take us back to the early days, because I know that you knocked on a lot of doors to develop that skill. You've grown into your personality, yet you've always had that caring nature within you, right? Yet you had to develop the skill. And so talk about knocking on doors. Because it's not like you just get into real estate and all of a sudden you're selling homes like magic, right? Like you got to go through the grind and the learning curve to be awarded the commissions that come along with that effort. Definitely a lot of growing pains starting my career. And what I felt had I had going for me was that I didn't have a lot going for me. So like I didn't have a lot of mechanisms or a database to grow my business. So door knocking was an opportunity that was brought to me when I was working for a home builder. And they gave me two options, work at the show home as a host and work your way up to associate or go find land inner city Calgary that we can build on and sell the finished home. So I chose the opportunity to find lots because I felt it was paid for performance, work on my own schedule and gives me some flexibility. And then when they gave me the areas to door knock, I had the area, had a loose script practiced it five times and I just went forward. I practiced in front of people, was miserable at it, but I just kept on going. And every time I knocked on a door, I just got a little bit more polished. I got a little bit more organized when they said maybe in a year. And then I just applied myself. And then so I just kept on falling forward where it might not have been perfect, but I was committed to it and I was consistent with it because at that time when I was in my late 20s, I didn't have a lot going for me. So I just kept on focusing on the opportunity that I had in front of me. Yeah, I love that. I love that you said that it wasn't perfect. It didn't always feel good, yet you were committed to it. And, mm. and you brought up this word, the C word, consistency. <laughs> what advice would you give somebody on how to stay consistent? Because I believe people are well-intentioned when they say they're going to start to develop a skill or they want to get great at something and get results in an area in their life. And they get started, yet 
very few people continue with this, the consistency such that they get good enough. What are some tips you have? Because clearly you're great at being consistent. When it comes to being consistent, what helped was that I didn't have a lot of other priorities to distract me. I didn't want to leave the real estate industry because uh, I already had a lot of experience in the industry. So I didn't want to start from scratch in car sales, tech, etc. I guess my why was big enough. I was just starting to date a girl where I realized that I needed more stability and I needed to take care of myself more as I was getting into my late 20s and relying on my parents was just not an option I wanted to take. So my why was big enough that I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be a provider and I just didn't focus on what could have been out there besides real estate and the opportunity in front of me. And I just did daily habits of making sure I did door knock a little bit each day so that I was making a little bit forward progress, which in turn made me just feel better that I was doing something towards my goal. Love that. So you had a strong why, which is always really important. It gets us out of bed in the morning, right? For mm -hmm. goals. You were focused, you eliminated distractions, and then you didn't conquer the world all at once. You just did a bit every single day. And I think that's important for people to hear. As long as you practice your craft a little bit every single day, you will get better. And what would you say to people though? Because here's my thing. In business, a lot of business is selling, it's asking for the sale, it's inviting people. And you know that big, scary fear of rejection, right? So you're out there doing the scariest thing about knocking on doors, cold calling. And mm -hmm. so how did you not let the fear of rejection stop you? And what would you say to people who worry about that? I think when it came to the fear of rejection, I felt I was okay with it because it didn't hurt my ego because I just wanted to genuinely want to help them when they wanted to sell their house. So it was more of a timing thing. And so I didn't feel hurt because it just wasn't the right time for them. Um, I also observed that even though I got rejected at one house, the next house was an independent scenario. So I should just put away the rejection on the previous house and know that this is a new opportunity. So I just compartmentalized any kind of potential rejection I had and knew that the next house was the next opportunity. And yeah. I really wish that I had that energy towards my golf swing. <laughs> yeah, come on, you're supposed to be able to transfer skills. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too funny. But that's so true. I like that you said that it's because you really cared about people too, because I think, and I know this about myself, whenever I'm in fear of what the person's going to say, I'm making it about myself. So mm -hmm. it's that awareness that like, if you're fearing the rejection or caring what people are going to think, or what are they going to say? Just realize in that moment, we're making it about ourselves. And when you can shift and make it about the person that you're wanting to serve or help or whose lives you want to improve, it makes it easier to just go out there and ask. So I love that you shared that. Important, do you think is investing in yourself as you build a business, like your mindset, your personal development, taking courses? I think the personal development, uh, having expertise and personal growth is probably the highest ROI you can get. As an example, you can invest in the stock market, invest in other companies and expect like a 10%, 20% return. And that's best case scenario. Whereas if you invest in yourself, I think you're really on the fast track for growth. Um, yep. I know that once I took, started taking some personal growth courses and really applied what I learned, I knew that those skill sets would always be with me forever. So let's say hypothetically, I lost everything. I knew that I didn't lose everything because I still became a better person from growing with bigger goals, with personal development and just putting myself out there to try new things.
what guidance would you give for people to apply? Because she said you would apply what you learn. And I think that's huge. So many people take classes or courses, even myself, I've listened to certain things. And I think that's an awesome idea. And I don't apply it sometimes. Hmm. So what are some tips to not get overwhelmed when you're working on yourself? And how do you start to apply some of the things you're learning to see what works and what doesn't work? What I observed is that when I was taking a lot of personal growth courses, they probably had who knows how many suggestions or things to do to incorporate into your life. What I found was like by the end of the course, I would just choose two to five of those tools that I wanted to incorporate and not try to incorporate all of them and then just focus on actually incorporating them. So whether it was daily affirmations, um, I would just make sure that I was doing the daily affirmations put it on my things to do list, put it in my calendar or reviewing goals or creating goals. I just made sure that I actually applied myself to the things that I felt that were the most effective. So rather than trying to do everything in that personal growth course, I just chose the ones that I felt that were most effective and then implement to my life. And then slowly I just started habit stacking and adding new tools to the toolbox. Yeah. So I think in the end, it just starts doing it one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Going I mean, back to keeping it simple. And getting started. And I know you're a busy guy. You have your real estate, you got your team, you are cranking right now. And you also have a high value of family and spending time with your wife and your kids. And I know health is important to you too. How do you juggle your schedule? What are you doing that's working so that you can fit it all in and at the end of the day, not feel overwhelmed? The biggest shift that happened was that I hired a coach in this regard. And the main thing that we worked on was limiting beliefs that I could have a successful career when a lot of people have the conception that if you wanted to be a realtor, you're going to be having to work really hard. So I really worked on my limiting beliefs that I could have a healthy and rewarding family life, a prosperous career and maintain my health. So focusing on the limiting beliefs was the first step. And then I just time blocked. I took an assessment or an audit of how I spent my time. I delegated as much of the low income producing activities as I can to my admin. So I trained my admin better and then I got more sleep. So I went to bed earlier and where watching Netflix from 10 to 12 got cut out of my life and went to bed earlier. And I woke up a lot earlier and got my workout in. And when I got my workout in, I got the endorphins. So I was able to focus at a high level, probably two hours before my family woke up. So I really took charge of the day where before I was pretty reactive, went to bed, started watching TV for at nine, went to bed at 11, woke up at eight, 8 a.m. And I was pretty reactive. When I cut out the TV, went to bed earlier, focused on the exercise, I really started taking control of everything. And then I just do my best to get all my work done prior to three o'clock. So then I could focus on being a dad after the kids come home from school and then go to bed around 8.30ish, 9. I love that. And how good does it feel to be present? Because I think when you time block and you do your best to stick to it, obviously that's a learning process too. Mm. You find that you're more present as well with what you're doing. So when you're working, you're, when you're with your kids, you're with your kids. When you're with your wife, you're with your wife. And I think that alleviates a lot of stress in life too, because we're not feeling like we shouldn't be somewhere else, somewhere where we're at. Have you noticed a difference there? I think what was really helpful when it came to time blocking or not having distractions was also turning a lot of the notifications off. So even before this podcast, made sure I turned off all the window browsers, turned off all my notifications so I can just be present here. I think that really helps with when I'm with my wife on a date, turning off the notifications when I'm with my kids, try to put the phone away. Obviously, there's certain things that are time sensitive, but I just try my best to eliminate the distractions so I can be present. 
I love right? it. But when I, when I time block and then I have a good night's sleep and a time for deep flow in work, then my day's not so reactive. So then I can just stay on top of things. Yeah. Right? But not, not every day is amazing. We're all human, but the name of the game is to have more better days than hard days. Totally. And we're constantly a work in progress. And yeah. I love what you shared. So yes, time blocking and being strategic, yet I, I don't want to skip past what you shared in the beginning. I think it's really important what you talked about with limiting beliefs. And just to reframe that, it's like you change the narrative of what you believe to be true. And I think a lot of people, this is a huge one. So w- because you're a realtor, we'll use that as an example. Yeah, yeah. Realtors usually are known for, they can't do things because they have to have their phone on the 24-7. You don't want to miss a mm-hmm. sale want to miss an opportunity. You got to work, work. And that's a narrative that gets created. Yet it doesn't mean it has to be true. It doesn't have to be your truth, your story. And I can relate to that because I just came off of being a workaholic for five years. And my new story is the same. It's like, I can have relaxation time. I can have friend time. I can have family time. I can focus on my health and I can make more money than I've ever made in half the time. It's whatever we decided to be. And I think reframing our stories and doing our best to repeat that, because I believe how beliefs are created is by what we tell ourselves over and over again. It's huge. I think that's huge. And I don't think we talk about that enough or it's not nearly done enough. I think rewiring your brain to believe the things that you thought were impossible is the first step in changing your habits. Um, Because I know for the first five years of being a realtor, I lived the typical narrative that you got to work evenings and weekends. The more successful you are, the more hours you got to put in. And it was really starting to affect my, the other areas of my life in terms of sleep, health, and relationships. So to reset things and then realizing that I can have it all was really the start of actually manifesting it to real life. I love it. And of course, it's not like we're saying you don't have to have periods where you're sprinting or you're working hard or you're putting forth the ep- effort. Yet at the mm-hmm. end of the day, we're in control of our schedule in our life. We're the designers. And I think that's important to take ownership of that. And so talk to me now. So now you're in in that good time phase where your values have shifted. What are your values now? Where before they were work, it creates success so you can provide. What are your values now? I think the highest value I have now is to ensure that I just have quality lifetime memories with my wife and my kids. Everything works around that at this time. Um, At the early phases is all about delayed gratification, provide and create multiple revenue streams. And then now that I have more stability and I realize that money isn't everything, it's all about relationships with the people that I care about the most and making that a priority. I love it. And do you feel that's a part of inner fulfillment? Because I feel as entrepreneurs, we can by accident get caught up chasing success. Not that we all don't desire success and can do it while we're, like we're saying, having a family as well. Yet, do you feel... I guess the question is like more fulfilled because you're living your higher values and you're honoring that. What I can tell you is that what made it unfulfilling was reaching these big goals uh, from a career standpoint where I had a lot of anxiety and stress to reach these external goals. And it did feel good, but it felt good for a couple of days. And then at the start of the year, what anyone achieved the previous year means absolutely nothing. Um, cause it's just, it's old news. And then with entrepreneurs, we all love to create big goals, reach them and then create another bigger goal. And I didn't want to do that. I felt like the amount of anxiety, the stress, the effort that put into reach the goal was rewarding. And I'm happy that I did it once, but it didn't, it's not something that I wanted to keep on doing. Whereas 
when I'm spending quality time with my kids, especially knowing that it's not going to last forever as they get older. And then my wife and I are not going to be seen as the most important person in their life. I find that doing the little things with my kids, I find really rewarding. And looking back in my mind about the time we had that weekend, or even looking at photos of us laughing, giggling, and doing the little things, I can say that it still gives me the warm and fuzzies. Whereas achievements from 2022, who cares? Who really cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's cool. Right. But who, I don't even care about them anymore. Right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. Where I know that in my deathbed, I'm going to just remember that I lived a fulfilling life by with the quality time that I, I had with the people I cared about the most. You always hear in stories that people's biggest regret on their deathbed is they work too much. And work is fun. It gives you purpose. But I think with many people in this day and age, it's pursuing happiness is probably a bigger priority than the career. Yeah, I love that. I was going to ask you this at the end, yet it's in align with what we're talking about. What would you say now? Because I feel like as the as you've been on your journey, the different chapters, your version of success has changed. So what would you say it is now? What's your version of success? I think the version of success is have goals, reach them, feel fulfilled. Uh, I also find that it's finding something, doing the things that make you the happiest the most. Where And it's a lot of it's not the epic, but it's the little things that you can find enjoyment out of. So enjoying the workout, the sweat to get the endorphins, um, enjoying that you are reaching your goals and you are moving, seeking fulfillment and pursuing happiness with good quality memories with the people that you love, whether that's a quality stay at home dinner or walk around the park with my wife uninterrupted. Or even sitting on the couch with my kids while they watch TV and they're giggling at the cartoon. I think pursuing happiness is what is most important and it doesn't have to be the epic. Yeah, I love that. And I also, I, it's like celebrating the small wins, which I think sometimes get go unnoticed. Like you said, I think that's so cool. And what, so what would you say to somebody, Trung, who is just getting started, right? Like you've got, like you said, 18 years, which is nuts when we think about how long we've been in our careers. So you've had 18 years under your belt of learning lessons and experiences and reinventing yourself. What would you say to somebody who's just getting on how to enjoy their journey, yet at the same time, achieve their goals, achieve their version of success? What's some guidance you would give them? When it comes to that, I would say successfully is clues. What you're probably doing is something that someone has done before, unless you're like a true visionary. So then I reach out to those people and ask them for a coffee, come prepared, ask questions and apply yourself. I find successful people, I think we've all learned that it's important to help others. So when someone comes to me and asks for help, is respectful of my time, comes prepared, I'm more than willing to help them. And back and they show that they've actually applied themselves. I'll continue to help them. So I would reach out to people who have gone where you want to go and ask them for help and apply yourself. Yeah, I love that. I believe in that too. And mm. what do you think you've done so different such that you've gotten some amazing success? I really am inspired by your journey. And like I said, I know you're so humble. Yet, what do you feel you've done different or how do you differentiate yourself 
in a in an industry where there's a lot of you, right? So like, how do you stand out? I find that the attrition rate for being a realtor is very high. The stat is apparently after five years, 85% of realtors will renew their license. So for me, I started young. I chose an industry that I was committed to and I never pivoted. So I was committed to real estate and understanding different components of real estate to differentiate myself amongst other realtors. Someone gave me this advice and I find it so true is that there's enough business for everyone. Just keep on making relationships, focus on looking out for their best interests. Know that your network is different from someone else's network. If I give someone really good quality advice, I was okay with giving them that advice because it was very unlikely that me giving him whatever secret sauce I gave him was going to affect my business. So I just focus on staying in my own lane and focus on the things I can control. Yeah. That's awesome. And so that's crazy. 85% that start don't keep going after a year. Yeah. You know what? Five years. Five years. With, oh, after five years. Okay. Five so years, basically yeah. see the course and you've got a 15% chance of being successful in making it in real estate. Stay the course. And mm-hmm. that's huge in itself. Just don't quit. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I love what you shared is come from abundance. There really is enough to go around for everybody. And I believe that to be very true. Not always mm-hmm. easy to practice, yet, yet when you can, it always works in your favor. It really helped to hear that very early in my career that there is enough business for everyone, especially now when the amount of people are getting their realtor license. To have that mindset that there is enough business for everyone, I think really helps with having an abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. Yeah, for sure. And so tell me, speaking about how you differentiate yourself, how do you feel you stand out when it comes to customer service? Because you talked about caring about people, making it about relationships. So what are some tips you have around what you do different there? I think when it comes to customer service or myself as a business, as a realtor, like I don't think I do anything magical, but I just focus on doing the simple things extremely well and maintaining clients' expectations and making sure I keep my work. I know when someone tells me that they're going to do this, no matter how small it is, I, I just remember it. And then I just see if they actually do it. Um, whether it's like actually dropping off something that they said they're going to drop off in a couple of days. So I'm really big on keeping my word and then making sure my expectations are well maintained so that the client's satisfied. So again, like I don't do anything special, but I do say that I keep it pretty simple. And then the things I actually do, I try to focus on really flawless execution. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you said keep your word yet. Yeah, like it really is simple. It's just do what you say you're going to do and you will stand mm-hmm. out against other people. Yeah. And then if you don't think you could do it, then just be honest about it. And if you don't know the answer, just be honest about it. Just to properly maintain expectations. Because I think yeah. client satisfaction is really dependent on not giving them maybe the red carpet service, but also just making sure you have good expectations and you meet them or exceed them. Yeah. Next question, not just getting started, but like right now, what would you say to somebody over the next five years? I know your new version of success is to keep creating and producing, not necessarily setting the bar so high because you're wanting to focus on your family yet. What would you say with somebody? How do you take advantage of the market? How do you take advantage of what's happening right now over the next few years? If you are in building mode and you are in climbing mode. As a realtor, I would say... If you really wanted to grow and build, focus on the highest dollar per hour task. And as a realtor, it's prospecting. 
nothing matters besides prospecting. Most people's problems can be solved if they get enough people and they try to sell them their services. I think as a realtor, there's a lot of distractions on what you should be doing, what you could be doing. But if you focus on prospecting for most of your day, that's how you can grow your business substantially. And whatever prospecting methods you choose to do, I think they all work. You just have to stick with it and get better at it and be refined. Right. Yeah. But prospecting I mean, get, that goes for all businesses. I everything. Think, right? If your yeah. mouth is closed, you're closed for business. <laughs> totally. Totally. hundred percent. So I yeah. think just focus on prospecting solves a lot of people's problems in terms of why am I not growing fast enough? Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about sh- social media these days? Because I'm in the middle where I've got some old school habits. I've got some new school habits. Yet I always think nothing beats picking up the phone and calling somebody or shooting somebody a message and saying, hey, can we connect? Yeah, nowadays, I know there's so many great tools on social media. I'm doing my best to be open to them. Yet I find that when people say they're building their business through social media, 80% of people are actually just wasting their time scrolling, not being effective, and it becomes a time waster. So I'm just curious, what's your thoughts on social media for prospecting? I think old school versus new school, I think they both work. Is how well you're doing either or. Yeah. Um, in the world of automation, streamline, not enough in-person contact, I find that the old school methods are probably more effective because I think they're just a lot more genuine. Yeah. So when you are in a business where it's mostly relationship-based that they're going to choose you, being genuine and then picking up the phone and having a real connection with them probably will lead to a higher success rate than the social media. But I do know that both methods work if you just know how to hone them. Yeah, for sure. And that's where right now I'm being open to, I mean, because I know there's millennials out there who are going to crush it, right? When it comes to mm-hmm. AI and social media and just being open to being a student again, I think is important. And speaking of relationships, I think referral-based business is also key a lot of the times. And so do you do a lot of referral-based business and what guidance would you give somebody around that? A lot of my business is based on referral and in terms of guidance, I took a couple of courses on how to build a referral-based business and I applied what I learned into that course. Probably about only 40 to 50% of the takeaways from that course I applied into my own business. And that is the backbone of my operation. And very little of my business model has changed in the last five years because I applied a little bit and it's proved to be effective and it's working. So in terms of people who want to build a referral-based business, I would focus on building relationships. I was fortunate enough to take a course on how to build a referral-based business and I applied myself, right? And I actually, it wasn't that hard, but I actually did it. Mm-hmm. What's one thing that you can give us? In terms of how to build a referral-based business? Yeah. I would say keep in touch periodically. Generally, just reach out, not wanting something, but to add value. You can automate some processes such as doing a newsletter, uh, sending birthday cards, remembering them, keeping in touch with them and not asking for anything, right? But I think those are a couple of things to stay top of mind when someone says realtor that they keep you in mind. But I think also the backbone of referral-based business is that you got to genuinely be good at what you do because no one's going to refer you if they didn't have a good positive experience. But if they had a good positive experience with you and you kept in touch and you're top of mind, then I think that's when the referrals come in. That's so true. And I think that's also a good time to point out, you never know who you're talking to and how that person can help you. And so be kind to everybody. The deals, I've worked with clients where they felt like they weren't getting the time of day from another realtor 
because the price point was low. And I took it on just because that's what I would do. And they were so over to the moon of me giving them a chance to work with them and their level of service. And those small deals, those people became the strongest advocates for my business, where they truly went out of their way to say, hey, you should at least talk to this guy. Yeah, absolutely. People just want to be heard and listened to. So if you're mm-hmm. willing to be that person, that's win-win. Okay, totally. well, so just to wrap up and ask you a few more questions, what would be three pieces of advice you would give somebody who is in the action, they've created some business, they're doing okay, yet they've started to feel stuck, a little bit unfulfilled, and they just can't break through to that next level. We've all been there where you feel like you're doing all the right things, yet for whatever reason, you're just not growing. What would be some advice that you would give to an entrepreneur? If I needed to up my game to the next level and take it to the next tier of business, I would, I would look into the people who are currently in that tier and sit down with them and ask them for advice. Like, I think that would be the most logical thing to do. If someone is there and they're crushing it and that's where I want to be, I would ask them if they can, if they can sit down with me, ask them questions, come prepared. And also ask them, like, what can I do to help you? And then make sure it's a two-way connection. But if I'm doing the same thing over and over again, and it's not getting the results that I want, that means something needs to change. And rather than me trying to figure it out, I'd rather ask someone for the assistance. And I don't know, but I find that if I'm genuine, if I'm respectful of their time, and I'm looking to help them too, the likelihood is that they're probably going to want to help. And if they don't, that's okay too. Just go on to the next one. Yeah, There's not just one person at that level that you want to be at. And I generally think that people who are successful, they do want to help. They do want to help people that show a high level of drive and that are actually going to take their advice. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be eager. You you really got to be eager for information and to use your language, be coachable when you're Mm -hmm. given the guidance. Yeah, yeah. And actually apply yourself because I also find two ask for advice, but they don't do anything with it. Though that relationship will diminish, but... If you actually apply yourself and do something with it and also add value to that person who's helping you, um, I think that's how you can build a really good business relationship. For sure. And you have to be willing. You know what? When you're an entrepreneur, you're going to be willing to try things. Like yeah. one, one out of 10 things is going to land and you're going to rock okay. it and you're going to have it be a part of your business. Like you have some things you're doing that are tried, tested and true. The nine other might not get it might get you learning more growth and understanding. So you have to be willing to try things and see what works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you also know that it doesn't work and then you can carry on to the next one. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. So what's something, if you were going to give an entrepreneur advice on something they can focus on just based on what you think works, your values, your mission, what's something you would tell people to go and implement this week? I think the best advice that I give myself is set up the business to enjoy the ride. I find that early in my career, I worked in the seventh gear and I worked so hard trying to get to the pod at the end of the rainbow, which was getting to a certain number, buying a house, retiring. But I was always looking for this finish line where I told myself I was going to be happy. And that finish line, it may have came and maybe I wasn't as happy as I thought I would be. So I would say to all the entrepreneurs that it's important to enjoy the ride and structure your life so you can enjoy the ride whether that's delegating the tasks you don't like, focusing on your health and your relationships at the same time so that you can enjoy the process and not be so fixated on some sort of goal or some sort of finish line. Um, Because I think when you get to that finish line, 
it might not be the oasis that you thought it would be. So I think if you enjoyed the ride, you'd also have more longevity and you wouldn't get as much burnout and you would just be more happier with life. So for me, that was my takeaway was like, you don't need to work so hard because if you enjoy the ride, you can rather than trying to do this for five years. If you enjoy the ride, you can do this for 15, 20 years and it'll give you more purpose in those later years too. Totally. And it's about the person you're becoming as well. Like one reason mm-hmm. to set eight goals is about who you get to become along the way. And guess mm-hmm. what? We don't ever arrive. Do you know what I mean? yeah. like, We yeah. never arrive. <laughs> so it's so important to learn that. And that's one, something I'd give my younger self as advice too, is like really do some self-reflection around how to enjoy the journey. Because what's the point if you're not enjoying the life you're living? Yeah. Because if you feel like paying off that mortgage is going to suddenly the catalyst for you to be happy. I think you might be disappointed that you might not be happy because you're not as healthy as you thought you would be, or maybe along the way, your relationship suffered. Totally. Okay. So Trung, you've just dropped so many nuggets, like uh, so much of what you've shared. And obviously it comes with your wealth of experience, which is awesome. And so if somebody did want to reach out to you and they're like, man, that Trung guy just sounds cool, which by the way, everybody, he is. You are super genuine. And I knew that you, mm-hmm. I know that you do care about people and it's why you're doing so well that you do go the extra mile. And I think that's rare these days. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to sell their home or buy a home? The best way to find me is just on my website. It's trungbien.ca, T-R-U-N-G, B as in boy, I-E-N.ca, and just leave an inquiry. From there, you can also Google me and then you'll find plenty of ways to get a hold of me. But text, email, phone number. And I'm happy to help. And we will put your information in the show notes. So for the listeners Mm -hmm. who want to get a hold of Trung, all of his handles and website and everything that he just gave will be in the show notes as well. So that'll be easy access. And then Trung, just last question. What do you have coming up? What's in the near future here for you? My 40th birthday. (laughs) Yeah, it's in May. So I'm looking forward to it. You are a youngin. Yeah, I'm not big on celebrating birthdays, but this year I think we're going to celebrate it. Not the typical booze fest, but just live a couple bucket list moments. That is awesome. Oh my gosh, you're turning 40. That is a milestone. You deserve to celebrate yourself. You worked hard to get where you are. So just me, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you giving (laughs) me your prime. I can hear your kiddos. So they're like, dad, time's up. It's almost time to take them to their swim lesson. Oh, nice. Okay, you're clocking out and going to go swimming. That's so cool. Trung, thank you so much for being here. Excited to see what you do in the next 40 years of your life. You've done so much already. And happy early birthday. Oh my gosh, so many great tips and nuggets from Trung and his journey and just what an inspiring story he has of really putting his head down, being disciplined, being committed to his goals, having a why and putting in the work. And then as he is in his journey, realizing, oh yeah, don't forget to enjoy it, (laughs) right? Don't forget to enjoy your journey. Be coachable, find people who have what you want, learn from them and continue to climb to your version of what your success is. And I love that. That was such a great episode. If you have takeaways or things you would love to share, I would love to hear from you. Go over to my Instagram at entrepreneurial underscore elevation and leave me some comments. I'll reply. I would love to hear from you. And as well, if you liked this episode and enjoyed it, please go and like and 
leave a positive review. That would be amazing and I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I'm really excited about the podcast and what we're doing. And so hope you're enjoying it too. With love, greatness, and success, this is Kelly Beverage and have an awesome day.